Hi, welcome to Two Towns Over. This show is made possible by our patrons, so if you would like to support us, we're at patreon.com slash two towns over. If you can't afford monetary donations, we are also at facebook.com slash ttopod. And if you would share us around and give us five-star ratings on whatever podcast you're into, we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. book have you got there the darwin the darwins of course uh you did that one i have is there like a little intro for these but i don't know with my nope okay. we literally we normally are talking and i just start recording yeah we do a cold open um some other guy who got gerbil rocket air pumpers so hi everybody uh, welcome to our midweek uh, small town gossip. That wasn't a cold open at all. That wasn't not at all. You pulled nope. right into it. Uh, as you can hear, Ruben is uh, different. Hi, I'm Zach. Actually, I'm the special guest for the main episode of the week, and he's getting stuck on this one. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm 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 happy to do. And <laughs> I know what to expect here, but um, what are what are you this week? Oh, uh, I'm. I don't fuck. It. I never know what I am in advance. I'm Josh, aka Mothman's best friend. Okay, uh, we're just gonna do a couple Darwin Awards um, this week because we got nothing planned. Um, it's been a piss poor uh, planning period on my part, but still it's been a piss poor planning month on all of our parts. I think. It has, <laughs> but it's a new month. It's a new month. It's a new dawn. We're starting fresh. Yeah, exactly. We're back on track now. We are. We are doing our main episode is a satanic panic episode. So we are back on track there. Uh, I don't have like the audio version of vacation slides to talk about. No. So, uh, so yeah, we're just going to do a couple Darwin awards just to kind of wet our whistles and jump back into the shallow end. But, uh, so the first story is polar bear swim. Okay. Uh, January 1st, 2000, Canada. So believe it or not, there are people who dive into the ocean for a refreshing swim every New Year's Day. It's called yeah. a polar bear swim. Yeah, I've seen the clips. Mm. I don't either. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 actually, there's a woman in Sweden, Norway, uh-huh. one of those Scandinavian places that every morning she goes out, cuts a hole in the ice, and gets in the water. That's her daily routine. It's like, why? Yeah, like, what could that possibly be doing? For? Definitely wakes your ass up. Well, that's true. That's fair, actually. <laughs> um, that's what I need. Yeah. Because that always happens here in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just, I'll head right out back, cut a hole in the ice in the swamp, <laughs> push the gators to the side. <laughs> so anyone who's seen the movie Titanic or read the book uh, about Eskimos knows that icy water brings on rapid hyperthermia and death. But our hero, Adrian... Studying for his doctorate in forestry was not one to heed such trivial concerns. The 38-year-old man was enjoying a hockey game with friends on Kingsmere Lake when he attempted a polar bear swim between holes cut two meters apart 
on the lake. Oh, so it's that version of a polar bear swim. Oh. Where you cut two holes in the ice and you swim from one hole to another underneath the ice. That insane. insane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you usually do this with uh, a safety line that you can grab if you can't find the the second hole, which is a thing that happens to men all the time. But <laughs> you would grab the safety line and pull your way back to the the hole that you came out. Of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, to make sure you don't fucking drown. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> um. So he dived in at one thirty a.m. He was playing hockey at one thirty in the morning. <laughs> Okay. Rolled out the floodlights for the hockey game. I mean, it might be north-north Canada, and maybe it's like daylight all the time kind of thing. Oh, that's actually possible. Uh, And he failed to resurface. So it is common knowledge that it is nearly impossible to find a small hole in the ice once you've slid beneath the surface, particularly once you are suffering from the effects of hypothermia. Frantic friends jumped in but were unable to find him. And then they all died too. Yes, of course. Yeah. (laughs) They aimed... They aimed car headlights at the hole to help Adrian find his way back, but to no avail. The water was only waist-deep, said the man's brother. He must have gotten disoriented. Adrian's frigid body was recovered from by firefighters, not far from the ice hole that tempted him to his doom. And that's why he's in the Darwin Awards book. Yep. Yeah. So the next one is from October 9th, 1999. Some men die peacefully in bed, while others suffer less pleasant ends. Benjamin, 23, lost his life in one of the most unappetizing manners possible when he careened into a 400,000-gallon tank of raw sewage. Oh. <laughs> Police speculated uh, that, uh, or speculate that he was driving his 1998 Mazda pickup much too fast to make the sharp turn in front of the water wastewater treatment plant. So specific. <laughs> I'm mad like the Thelma and Louise. It's just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm cursing a whole lot. No, it's okay. okay. Dude, seriously. I cuss in our tweets now. So <laughs> <laughs> he was apparently exceeding the speed limit by a generous margin. And his, as his momentum carried him through a chain link fence across an easement and beyond a low post and rail fence surrounding the tank of decomposing sewage. Drivers located his body uh, beside his upright pickup on the bottom of the 16 foot deep tank. The autopsy failed to provide a conclusive cause of death. I could list several yeah. right off the top of my head, and I'm not a coroner. <laughs> but we speculate they will find he died from taking too much crap. Nice. Nice. Uh, in a related event, Andrew died in a messy farming accident at Crooked Creek Farm when he slipped into a manure spreader. Rescue crews failed to revive him, uh, and who can blame them, the cause of death was determined to be blunt force trauma. Sorry, say, say it again. You lost me for a second. I spaced out. Um, uh, a man named Andrew died at Crooked Creek Farm when he slipped into a manure spreader. Ah. And rescue crews failed to revive him. You're not gonna not gonna throw in a pun about bullcrap that time? No, I didn't put in the other one. That's. I don't believe you. I don't believe anything you tell me about these books. <laughs> So the next story is called Can Duck Shooter Swim? You're really easing Zach in with these because not one of them has involved a mutilated genital. Because we did all the mutilated genital ones. (laughs) (laughs) That was like the first ones we hit. (laughs) So 
The start of the Victorian duck shooting season frequently ushers in a speedy reduction in the number of Australian duck shooters and without uh, assistance from the militant anti-duck shooting lobby. <laughs> At the Cairn... It's just some combinations of words you've never heard before. <laughs> So at the Kiern Curran Reservoir in central Victoria, a group of duck shooters set forth on a duck shooting adventure in a small aluminum dinghy. The three-meter craft is termed a tinny for its cheap aluminum design. This particular tinny was rated to carry three adults. Instead, it was carrying Ringo and John and three friends. Uh, <laughs> all from Melbourne. <laughs> and it was carrying Ringo's son six six shotguns and three crates of ammunition at 25 kilograms each. The tinny found itself loaded with over 500 kilograms. With all that gear and flesh on board, there was no room for life jackets, so they were left behind in the car. Two men were wearing their waders, but waders act like lead weights if they fill with water, and it is virtually impossible to swim without them or with them. Always wear your life jacket. If this cautionary tale teaches you nothing, let it teach you this. 300 meters from shore, the boat capsized, pitching its contents into the water. Three men were rescued by boaters to live until, an, live until another day's stupidity. John and Ringo were less lucky. They were found dead in, the waiter, dead in their waders. Sadly, the son, who was not at fault, also died. It is not the story that I've heard about how any of the Beatles died. <laughs> oh, that one's a little, a little more sad. Yeah, yeah some of them are. Yeah, are old. Like, you know, little man didn't do anything wrong. He didn't know better. He was killing ducks. Yeah, the the militant anti-duck hunting <laughs> lobby is ecstatic. So a Yosemite hiker with sore feet stopped to cool his heels in the Merced River where he slipped on algae-covered rocks and was swept over a 594-foot waterfall to his death. Sadiq was climbing Half Dome with three friends on Saturday when his lamentable choice of rest stops cost him his life. Signs posted at the fall clearly state that if you go in the water, you will die. Not only are these warnings displayed in several languages, but they even show a stick figure falling over the edge. <laughs> but Sadiq paid no heed to the warnings. He was carried over the, and he was carried over as he was carried over the Nevada Falls. His friends were already calling authorities to help him, or to help from their for help from their cell phones. I can't read today, but help cannot arrive in time. Rangers recovered Sadiq's body by helicopter a few hours later. Sadiq is the fourth person to die at Nevada Falls in the last five years. Park spokeswoman Christine Cowles said. So, don't fuck with water. Nope. Ever. Yeah. Okay, so this one is an urban legend. So. Excellent. Okay. So it's called Darwin Beach Death. Women drowned... Beach episode. Yay. <laughs> Women drowned while performing fellatio. Well, there you go. Okay. Yeah, now genitals are involved. <laughs> All right. Now a sexual, <laughs> a sexual romp at a popular Darwin Beach ended, by, ended in death of a 25-year-old woman who drowned while performing oral sex on a man the Northern Territory Supreme Court heard. The woman had sexual intercourse with Mr. Payne, 34, in, quote, a number of positions in the water off Peewee Camp Beach before she voluntarily submerged to perform fellatio on him. You always know that these names are changed 
to protect the victims or whatever. But the names that they pick never cease to amaze me. <laughs> Mr. Payne. Mr. Payne. Uh-huh. Yeah. So uh, we just named a bunch of people after the Beatles for no particular <laughs> reason. So prosecutor Michael Carey told the court that while the woman was performing oral sex, quote, Mr. Payne became excited and put his hands on her head and kept her down there. The prosecutor said Payne told police that he noticed something was amiss when the woman stopped performing fellatio. He wondered what was going on, so he let her up. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he says that she did not try to get up. She wasn't kicking or splashing, and that he really didn't do anything except let her up as soon as she stopped sucking on his penis. <laughs> prosecutor Carey told the court. He said that when Payne realized the woman was dead, he, quote, freaked out, dressed, and drove away. Oh, my fucking God. You just left her? Yeah. Aw. Payne, who has been in prison since two days after the drowning, pleaded guilty committing to committing a dangerous act. His counsel... What is it? Oh, I'm excited. Tell me. His counsel, Mrs. Cox... <laughs> <laughs> told Justice... Oh, no. <laughs> told Justice Sir William Kearney that her clues, or her client... Still hadn't, still had, quote, recurring nightmares about the drowning. Quote, he keeps seeing it while he tries to sleep at night, Mrs. Cox reported. She said a psychiatrist found that Payne had a deep sense of shame about the incident. He required treatment for nervous outbreaks of boils 12 times in the past year. Nervous outbreaks of boils? Never heard of that. I have, actually. Uh, the real thing. You okay. get so yeah. nervous you get boils? Yeah, like... Holy shit. Your body is fucked up in ways that, like, no one can ever really understand. Jesus Christ. So Mrs. Cox said that before Payne and the woman went into the sea, they had drunk 11 750 milliliter bottles of beer, and an autopsy found that the woman had a blood alcohol reading of .287, almost six times the legal Australian driving limit. Jesus Christ. She might have just passed out under the water. That might explain why she didn't struggle, right. Mrs. Cox told the court. Uh, she said that although Payne had an alcohol problem, he was considered a quiet, shy, good-natured, and considerate person by his employers and friends. Mrs. Cox said that the unusual nature of the case meant that there was no need for Justice Kearney to consider imposing a harsh penalty on him to deter others. Justice Kearney sentenced Payne to four and a half years, saying it is an unusual case that needed careful deliberation. And as a side note, an Australian reader commented, Aussie girls stay down until the job is finished. Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off. God damn it. Nevertheless, this story is classified as urban legend because it is of its improbable nature. A person held underwater drowns neither quietly nor quickly. Furthermore, Darwin area beaches are considered swimmable by their natives, by the natives. Uh, the names Pee Wee Camp and Mrs. Cox are improbably scatological. <laughs> and the name Payne is too suggestive to be likely. Uh-huh. So. That's, that That was a better one. Well, it seems like that's one you could look up in court records somewhere. You would think, yeah. Right. And, you know, the names are probably different. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I... Because at first, when you first told me about it, I'm like, oh, well, he should probably be charged with, like, murder or man yeah. manslaughter, one at least. <laughs> but then, if 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 it was real, which it's not, yeah. then 
if she like passed out drunk underwater, which I don't think is necessarily going to be a super easy thing to do when you have your mouth full. <laughs> but uh, four, four years sounds right, I guess. Yeah. I mean, but so yeah, it's not likely to do it again. No. <laughs> so I guess while we're waiting and we're still a little uh, short on or long on time here, should go ahead and tell Zach, you're the reason this podcast exists. Do you know that? I did not know. Yeah. Because of your shop. Okay. I met Ruben. Because up until that point, Ruben was just somebody who gave me like death glances when I was standing in line at the theater. That's what Don thinks, but that's actually just how Ruben looks at people that he doesn't yeah. I was going to say, yeah, like that's just Ruben's neutral facial expression. Right. Yeah. But I know that now. Yeah. I didn't know that <laughs> four or five years ago. But yeah, because of the whole Dungeons and Dragons at your shop, we started, well, we started Tangents, which bombed badly. We we had 300 downloads, 300 in, a downloads in a year, but we were also very, very sporadic on when we recorded and when... Yeah. In fact, this show started was to give Ruben something to talk about, and this has kind of taken off. Yeah. But, so, yeah. <sighs> Did, uh, Zach is actually the, the grandfather of yes. Two Towns Over. Yes. Oh. <laughs> he, he's the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so, yeah. So, we're back on track. We're back uh, back to tickling satan's testicles and uh i'm so excited to tickle yeah. satan's testicles I'm just hey that's a good thing yeah uh-huh uh-huh okay then i'm all for it <laughs> yeah we're very how did you go with the crowd i don't say we're i'm not gonna say we're pro satan but we're very uh i'm for sure pro satanic temple uh, yeah every pro satanists but but, uh, but only the satanic temple ones cause oh yeah church, church of satan, satan ones are kind of cringy yeah but uh, and Aleister Crowley was cringy. Aleister Crowley was a fucking poser, according <laughs> to a fucking poser. Yeah. So, <laughs> but um, the Anton Lavey called Aleister Crowley a uh, druggy poser. Druggy poser. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then that's gonna hurt to hear a little bit. Yeah. Anton Lavey, whose real name I will not let anybody forget, is Howard. Howard Stanton Lavey. Yeah. Uh huh. And he changed to Anton. Zandor LeVay. <laughs> but Alistair Crowley's a poser. Yeah. I mean, at least Alistair... Well, no, even Alistair didn't use his real name because his name was Alexander. I know. And he changed it to Alistair. Yes. Although I heard somebody last night pronounce it Aliester. Oh. Aliester Crowley. I don't know. Somebody who doesn't know how to pronounce words. It's literally the fucking Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man meme. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's all it is. They're both fucking posers. And I'm sure if you dig deeply, even like Lucius Greaves, or Graves, however you pronounce it. I think he actually pronounced it Graves when I watched an interview with him. So even though there's Which an one E, was he? he was the head of the Satanic Temple. Oh, and they're kind of yeah. spokesmen. And he fucking plays it up. Too. Oh, yeah. I mean, he has the one white cataract looking... Ah, uh, contact. Yeah, contact, yeah. that Marilyn Manson look. Ah, uh, but. Which is fucking silly, but I also get why he does it. Yeah. Because it's, uh, they're based in contrarianism, yeah. effectively, so I get yeah. why he wants to look spooky. <laughs> so with that, we're going to wrap this up. It's a short episode, guys, but we are uh, we're going to power through and power on. So 
Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.